are talking about families. And since we are talking about families today, I'm just going to give a short exhortation. And then the prophetess is going to give us more on the word of God. Amen. 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 So, I want to take my exhortation from Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11. And we will read from verse 26. Genesis 11:26. And Terah lived 70 years and begat Abram, Nahor, and Haran. 27. Now these are the generations of Terah. Terah begat Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran begat Lot. And Haran died before his father Terah in the land of his nativity, in Ur of the Chaldeans. And Abram and Nahor, and Abram and Nahor took them wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarah, and the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of Isaac, Iscah. But Sarah was barren. She had no child. And Terah took Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarah's, Sarah, his daughter-in-law, and son, his son, Abram's wife. And they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan. Okay, so this is a family history. And he's telling us a lot. There's a lot of information that is in this that we want to learn from it because it's a family man. Now, he's telling us about we are being introduced to a certain family. And they tell us this history of the family. They tell us if you should start from Genesis chapter 11, verse 18. It says, And Peleg lived 30 years and begat rule. And Peleg lived after that rule 209 years and rule lived. So now, these are names of real people. And from the little research I've done, apparently all these names are names of gods. Canaanite gods. So this should tell you, like, like, like in Ghana, we have people who are named after river gods. We have a name like Bosompra, Busomtre. All, all these are gods. Idol spirits. Busumuru. I went to school. One of my genius was called Busumuru. Busumuru. And when you have such a name, you know, it's going to affect you. Somebody was called Diewu. 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 And, you know, these, names, these are very dangerous names. Now, all these are names of gods, and including the name of um, Terah himself. Now, Terah is Abraham's father. Terah is Abraham's father. And he is coming from a strong idol background. A strong idol background. A very strong one. To the extent that his father, this Terah, he, he was the first person that tried to leave where he was living, the Chaldeans, the, he was living the heir of Chaldeans. And he decided to leave those things and then go to the land of Canaan. But the Bible says that he couldn't finish his race. There was a, and the days of, it says, and Terah died. And Terah what? He, he died. died. He said, and, and he died before he could fulfill that destiny. Yeah. 
he could not finish the race. He was not supposed, he couldn't go. And when he was going, look at the, the account we have there. So, and Abraham and Nahor took wives for themselves. So imagine this in our modern times, like, oh, you and your brothers and your sisters, you have all grown up. You live maybe in the village. Now you've moved to Accra. And then you hear one person is having a wedding. You go to the wedding. If maybe you have, got, you have been wedded in scheme or you have been wedded somewhere. It's just like that. It's nothing, you know, look at it and compare it to your family. It's just like they were normal people. Just like some of us, we, we, we have also strong idol backgrounds. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. And today, we will be talking about idol worship. But it's just, just, just to whet your appetite for, for the, the word that is going to come. And he died. Terah died. Terah died. died. And we also notice something there. We are told about Abraham having a wife. He took a wife. It was called Sarah. And the wife was barren. All these things happen today nowadays. People marry three years, no baby. Four years, no baby. Five years, no baby. The same thing. Abraham's wife was also barren. And he had brothers and sisters who had, who, who they had children. But he, he didn't have any children. So I'm just giving you a foundation for you to understand that they were just like us. They were ordinary people just like us. But something, they, they lived also in a certain way that pleased God under the old covenant. And the Bible says that, so, so that you even understand that terror, I want to show you that scripture and then I'll be rounding up. Terror, it says in Joshua 24, you see it clearly. I'm not making it up. It is there, 24, Joshua 24, reading from verse 2 downwards. Joshua 24, verse 2. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, uh-huh. Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah. Even who? Terah. So, this is how we know Terah is an idol worshiper. Because he's going to say it. Continue. So even Terah, uh-huh. the father of Abraham, uh-huh. and the father of Nacho, uh-huh. and they served other gods. And they served what? Other, other gods. gods. And they serve, you know, idols. This one says, they serve what? Other gods. The father of Abraham, who is what? Terah. And he, he, Abraham's brother is Nacho, and they serve what? Other gods. So, the Bible is giving us a clear indication that Terah was an idol worshiper. Abraham's father was an idol worshiper. So, and he tried to leave it and he tried to go to Canaan, but he died. He died. Many of us, this has been our story. Our fathers left the villages and they migrated to the towns. They left the idols there, but the idols was in them. And he came to try to make a life. And they, you can see some of their lives. They die strange deaths. They, they, they die before their time. They struggle because the idol spirit will, will be following them everywhere they go. Abraham's wife couldn't have babies. Yeah. Abraham's wife couldn't have babies. Idol worship. Idol worship. That was the, the family in which he came from. And God is against idol worship. God, he doesn't like idol worship. He does not like idol worship. When you are an idol worshiper, 
you are doing something that is really displeasing to God. And I'm trusting that God is going to give us grace so that we will break this down, especially in the Rhema service. Amen. But now, we are going to um, invite the prophetess to come in and she is going to, she's going to give us a, 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 a lengthy exhortation Amen. and give us the word um, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So let us welcome, let us welcome her, let us welcome her, let us welcome her. Praise him. Praise him, praise him, praise him, and a wonderful good morning or good afternoon to you wherever you are listening to us from. Amen, amen. Welcome to Salvation Clinic. Amen. Our second service in our month of focusing on the family. Amen. God bless you, Papa. That was a powerful exaltation, a a powerful clip of what is to come. Amen, 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 amen. Wherever you are, I just want you to say, thank you, God, for my family. Just lift up your hands and your voice and shout, thank you, God, for my family. Come on, lift up your voice and and say, thank you, God, for my family. Thank you, God. Burst out in tongues. Burst out in tongues for a few seconds. Thanking God for your family. Thanking God for your family. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands and blast in tongues. Yeah, baby, baby, sugar, baby. Father, we thank you for our families. We thank you for our families. We thank you for our families. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Blasting tongue. Blasting tongue. Lord, I thank you for my family. I thank you for my family. I thank you for my family. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. Our Papa has been teaching us and preaching to us, amen, all this month about family, the importance of family, amen. And you have to go back. You can't afford to miss any of the service, any of the teachings. You can't afford. So go back. It's all over Facebook. It's on YouTube. Go back and listen and get that secret. Get that thing you need to hear. Get that thing you need to hear for for your family to move to the next level, amen. For your family to move to the next level. Get that thing. Get that thing. There's something that is missing. Something that is missing out of your life. Out of your family life. So go back and listen to all of the, the teachings on the focus of family. And then you will hear it. Amen. He's been teaching extensively, deeply, profoundly about the, the Noah family. Amen. The Noah, And I've been blessed over and over and over. I've been blessed. Amen. Papa, God bless you. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. So family, our focus is on family. And in the Bible, when you read about family, you find, as the bishop was saying, many different kind of families. Amen. And I want us to look at the family of Jesus. God, when he needed to come to earth to save mankind, he came as part of a family. When he needed to save mankind, he came as a part of a family. That is the importance of family. And in the family, the the important stuff of family as well is marriage. And that one there, the bishop, he will will tell you, he will teach you. Marriage. Marriage is, 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 
is, is, is essential as part of a family. You, we, we, we don't need to be having children without marriage now. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't play well. It doesn't play well. So marriage is very, very important. Amen. And for your marriage to work, you must have God. If you don't have God in your marriage, your marriage is confusing and empty. If God is not a part of your marriage, your marriage is going to be confusing and empty. Amen. After sometimes, Papa was preaching, I think it was on Friday. I don't quite remember exactly the day. And he was asking the question, after sex, then what? After the intimacy, after the sex and the marriage, then what? Marriage needs more than sex to keep it going. It needs God. Amen. It needs God. If you can hear me say, I am hearing you and share this message as well. This is our focus on family. So marriage is very, very important. Amen. And if you look at the life of Jesus, the Bible says in Matthew 1 verse 12, it says, and you shall have a son. Matthew 1 verse 12. And you shall have a son and you shall call his name Jesus. So even with your bearing fruit, even with you having children, make God a part of it. Allow God to speak to you about having children. He said, you shall call, you shall have a son and you shall call his name Jesus. Papa was just exalting us that Abraham's wife was barren. We still have barrenness today. Abraham's wife was barren until the set time when Jesus, when God says, your son Isaac is here. Yes. So it is very important. So God said to God said to Mary, you shall have a son and you shall call his name Jesus. So in the context of family, marriage is important. And after you are married, then you have children. Raising those children is very, very pivotal to having a good society. Every murderer was born. Is it not so? Every thief was born. Every soldier was born. Every policeman is from a home. Every politician is from a home. Every doctor is from a home. Every teacher is from a home. Every president, prime minister, prince, they're from homes. They were born into homes. Even if they were adopted, even if they grew up on the street, it was some kind of home. It was some kind of, kind of family unit. Everybody was, is a part of something that helps them to grow. Whether good or bad, it helps them to grow. What is the difference between the, the, the policeman that grew up in a godly family and the policeman that grew up in a family where there was no love? There was no appreciation. That family, that, that policeman who grew up in a family that there was no love, there was no respect, there was no boundary, that policeman will be a danger to the, to the citizens in his, in his constituents. Yes? Everybody was born. Everybody is part of a family. And our papa likes, he likes to, especially with his own children here, with his own daughters here, he will tell them, he will tell them, if you love your father and you respect your father, you will be able to love your husband and respect your husband. Me and, I, and I'm looking at him. Yes, I'm looking, I'm looking at him and I'm listening. He's teaching his own children. You see? So he was saying that daughters who, who, who grow with a father that shows them love and attention, those daughters, when they get into marriage, they know how to behave in a marriage. See a wayward woman who doesn't know how to respect a husband, 
that, that daughter didn't see that respect in their home when they were growing up. So every wife was born. Every wife was raised somewhere. My point is, Mary and Joseph were entrusted to raise Jesus. And they raised him well. As part of a family unit, Jesus was raised well. Jesus was raised well. Everybody, you, you see people with daughters of the same age. One daughter is excelling. And another daughter is excelling in sin. Excelling to the way, excelling on the road to hell. Another daughter is excelling and making the family proud. Another son is excelling and making the family proud. Another son is excelling in wickedness. Excelling, excelling in sin. They were both raised in a home. What is the difference? The God factor. This is our month of family focus. What is the difference? The God factor. The God factor. The God factor. If you don't have God in your home, your home will not have peace. Your home will not have purity. When God is not a part of a home, there's no purity in that home. Every sin, every slackness goes on in that home. A marriage that does not have God, every sin happens in that marriage. So Jesus was a part of a family and they raised him very, very well. He learned from his father. You see, when I was growing up, <laughs> this is something that I used to hear all the time. Do what, I, do what I say, but not what I do. Do what I say, but not what I do. So you'll find that the grandfathers and the fathers, they will be asking us to light their cigarettes, to light their cigarette for them. And then they will turn around and tell you, if I ever catch you smoking, if I ever catch you smoking, but you're asking us to light it. And then you're warning us, if you ever catch us smoking, let me give you a key bit of information here. If you don't know yet, me, I have five children. Five biological children, I can tell you. Children are better at copying than at listening. Children can copy you more than how they listen to you. They watch you and do what you do more than how they even listen to you. It's not what you say to them that they will do. It's what they see you do that they will do. Yes. It's what they see you do that they will do. So as us Christian parents who like, we like to tell lies. We like to tell lies. And we are not so bright that we can tell lies and remember the lies that we tell. We are not bright that we remember the lies that we tell. We like to tell lies and we forget the lies that we tell. You're there in your house and you're telling lies. And then you will tell your child, if I ever catch you telling me a lie, the child will be a liar, a learned liar. The child will be a learned liar from you. The child will be a learned liar from you. Yes? So we ought not to tell lies. The Bible says in Proverbs, is, is it Proverbs? Yes. The Bible says in Proverbs, train up a child that in the way that he should go. And when he becomes old, he will never depart. Yes? Proverbs 22 verse 6. Train up a child in the way that he should grow. When he grows old, he shall he will never depart. So don't don't this is our month of focus on family. Correct these mistakes that we are making. Correct these mistakes that we are making. Yes, correct these mistakes that we are making. Correct them. A focus on family. Correct these small, small mistakes. Yes, children do quicker 
what they see others do than, than, than do what they hear. Yes. So we have to correct that. So Mary and Joseph, they raised Jesus well. Yes. They, and when you look in Mark, in Mark chapter 6 verse 2, if they said, to, is this not Jesus, the carpenter? Yes. Is his mother not Mary? Is his brothers and sisters not here with us? So Jesus was part of a full family. He had a mother and a father, a brother and a sister. Yes. So being a part of a family is very, very important. When you are part of a family, you too, you have a role to play. You have a role to play. Mary and Joseph, they catered for Jesus spiritually. They took him to church. I cannot understand parents who come, who come to church and leave their children behind to say that the children did not want to come. Can you say to the teacher that the child does not want to come to school? You cannot say to your child's teacher that he is not in school today because he doesn't want to come to school. If you say that one time, two times, by the third time, you have social service on your doorstep. So why is it important that your child cannot tell you he will not go to school or she will not go to school, but they can tell you they will not come to church and you'll accept. You'll accept it and leave them behind and not take, take them to church. Being in the presence of God is very, very important. If you don't know, let me tell you. Let me, or let me remind you. The first place you, a child should be taught is in the home. The first place that your child should be taught is in the home. It's not in school. So if you're putting your child's education, your child's foundation in the hands of strangers, then that child is surely going to fail. Many successful people that you see in the world, they were trained at home. They were trained at home. Nothing was left to chance. They were trained at home. They were trained at home. So what are you doing? You're coming to church and you're not taking your child. Spiritually, physically, you are depriving that child of, 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 a, of a steady and sturdy future. Being in the presence of God as a family is imperative. It's important. So today, our focus on family all of it, all of it must be done. It's not just the child's education and the child's uh, um, um, appearance that is important. The child's spiritual growth is also very, very important. So let us correct that mistake. I, if you can hear me, let me hear. Mama, we are hearing you and it is entering us well, well, well. Amen. Amen. So it's very, very important that... You make, you make, you make it a priority that your child is in the presence of God. Mary and Joseph, they were taking Jesus to church. They were taking him to the synagogue. A far way away. A far way away. And they took him. They didn't leave him behind. So let us focus on our family. And not just, oh, focus on family, focus on family. Oh, all of us, we are going out. We are looking good. We are wearing the same trainers. We are wearing the same jeans. We are wearing the same t-shirt. That is good. But what is better is that you're all marching into church together. It is good. I like to see it. I like to see a family that dress well and they're all color coordinated. I like to see it. But what is better and what I love to see is an entire family marching into church. The father is there. The mother is there. The children are there. Every age is represented. That is better to see. So if you're hearing me, lift up your hands and say, Lord, help me to do right by my family. Help me to do right by my family. Help me to do right by my family. Help me, Lord, to do right by my family. 
And when I look at the family of Jesus, the thing that really gets me is that they knew that this child was a special child. Mary and Joseph knew that this child was special. This child was special. God had a purpose for this child. He said he will, he, he will, he will be the, save, the Messiah, the Savior of my people. But that did not let them treat him anywhere and anyhow. They still trained him as a child. They still, they still, they didn't say, oh, he's God, so he knows it, so I don't have to tell him. No. How do you think he learned to be a carpenter if his father didn't, didn't teach him? So we, we take nothing for granted, absolutely nothing for granted. Our children must be in the presence of God. Amen, 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 amen. Yes, yeah, so our month of the, the focus on family, we're focusing on our family. Many families, many homes have been destroyed because God is not the center. Because God is not the center. The Bible says in Ecclesiastic, a three-chord three string is not easily broken. It's not easily broken. When you have God as your center, you, no, no, no. That nobody can destroy your marriage so easy. Are you here? Nobody can destroy your marriage so easy. Remember, Mary and Joseph, the way their marriage started, it was rocky. Come on. I want to, tell, I want to show you something. You know the story. But sit back and look at the story. The way their marriage started, it was as if it was on a deception. Mary, Joseph thought that Mary had cheated on him. You can go and read the story. Joseph thought that Mary had cheated on him, so he was going to divorce Mary quietly. The marriage started very, very rocky. Very, very rocky. But what kept that marriage going? God. They both loved God, and they both were able to listen and obey God. If you're married to a man who does not have God, he will never listen to any godly advice. Can I speak to you? If you are married to a man or a woman who doesn't have God as their center, some people can have God as their far right, they can have God as their far left, right? But if, 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 if you don't have God, as, if they don't have God as their center, they will never listen to any advice. I have come across so people, some people like that as a pastor. No matter what you advise them, they will not listen. And some of them, you cannot advise them. You try to advise them, then they will tell you. They will start now bringing their degrees. Oh, you know, mama. Oh, you know, prophetess. You know, I studied. And I studied and I've, and, I've, and I've seen that, blah, 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 blah. And I've seen that, blah, 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 blah. With all your degree, if you don't have God, you are nothing. You are nothing. With all your experience and your connections, if you don't have God, you are nothing. You are nothing. So Mary and they, they, were, they, were, they were able to raise Jesus right because they had Jesus. The marriage was able to, to be sustained. They were able to go ahead in marriage because they have God. So, as for the choir there and the young people that are not married, even the old people that are not married, there are certain qualities that our bishop has preached about that if the man does not possess these qualities, leave them. Don't even contemplate whether it's the will of God. I am telling you, it's not the will of God. Are you here? You don't need to wonder if it isn't the will of God. I am telling you, it's not the will of God. 
It's not the will of God. It's not the will of God. So, for the marriage to work, God must be an active part of that life. Yes? Can you imagine? Your wife comes home, I am pregnant. And you know you haven't seen your wife in a whole year. And she's telling you, I am pregnant. Eh? This one is delayed in a, a conception. Not immaculate conception. It's delayed conception. We were, we were meeting together a, a, a year ago. And you're not coming to tell me you are pregnant. So it means that the thing was living somewhere and now it delayed. Delay. It has now delayed and now you are, you are, you are, you are, you have conceived. So, um, Mary and Joseph marriage was able to work because they had Jesus. Joseph was about to divorce Mary. We're talking about family now. Problems in family, issues in family. Joseph was about to divorce Mary. What stopped him? What stopped Joseph from divorcing Mary? A voice, a message from God. A message from God said to Joseph that, look, Joseph, this is the doing of God. Marry her. And Joseph listened and obeyed the voice of God because what? He loved God and he believed in God. Some homes, it's just pure kasa 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 kasa. Pure, pure kasa 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 kasa. Because what? Nobody truly believes in God in that home. But today I am praying for you. Today I am praying for you. Today I am praying for you that wherever you have pushed God, God will not come back to be the center of your life. God will not come back to be the center of your life. The bishop was preaching this morning that you see people and they're wearing nice clothes and they're showing nice things and they're hugging outside and they're behaving like that. When you go home, they don't talk. It's all a pretense for sure. They don't talk. They don't talk. The husband has been treated like a small boy. Like an, uh, uh, what do you call it now? In, unintelligent, um, um, lack eloquence. He's just been, been treated like a small boy because the wife holds in her head that if I'd hold on longer, I would have gotten better. It is a lie. Are you here? Come on now, preach with me. Are you here? The wife is thinking, had I hold on longer, I would have gotten a better husband. So the man in the home is being treated like a small boy. No, not even like a small boy, like a big boy. Because there's no, there's no God in the center of that woman. That woman does not fear God. That, I won't even say that wife. Because a woman that does not sacrifice, a woman that does not sacrifice, does not sacrifice for her husband. A woman that does not sacrifice for her children is not a wife. Even if they have given birth, it's not a mother and it's not a wife because it is when you become a mother, sacrifice is your first name. When you become a wife, sacrifice is your first second name. For you to have a family that functions, it involves sacrifice. God Everything about God says sacrifice and love. Everything about God says sacrifice and love. Today I hope you are listening to me. If you are listening to me, I want you to hear to hear you say, Mama, we are hearing you well, well, and we are listening. Everything that involves in a marriage, everything that involves God, it, it involves sacrifice. And if you're not ready to sacrifice, you're not ready for these things. You're not ready for these these. 
these 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 institutions. Yes? Sacrifice. 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 Listen to the voice of God. And if you find yourself that you want to marry, and the man that you're married, you say, Oh, come and see my pastor. And they are refusing to come to see your pastor. That, that is telling you that this man, he will never take godly advice. So when things are going wrong, he won't come and see anyone. He will go to the bar, to the pub. He will go to his ungodly friends. So in our month of focus, amen. I'm winding up very, very shortly, so I'll be handing back over. In our month of focusing our family, yes, God has to be the center of your life. God has to be the center of your marriage. Yes. If had God not spoken to Joseph and Joseph listened, he would not have taken Mary. Mary would probably be stoned to death. So if you, if you have a husband who does not listen to godly advice, whatever you're trying to do will be killed. It will be truncated. It will be bitter. It will be bitter. It will be bitter. Amen. So, Listening to the voice of God in your marriage will give you beautiful things. It will give you lasting things. It will give you peace. Are you here? It will give you peace. A marriage without God. A marriage without God is very confusing and empty. Very, very confusing. Even the children are confused. If you have dogs, your dogs are confused. If you have cats, your cats are, are confused. Because one day you are happy. Next day you are sad. One day you are in. Next day you are out. You have many, many marriages right now. It is because of pride while the people are still together. It's not because of God. They are afraid of what people will say about them. That's why they are not leaving the marriage. That is not a life. That is just existing. You are just being. There's no joy. There's no peace. There's nothing. Even the intimacy that you have, it could very well be a stranger. You wouldn't care. It's just that, okay, at, at, at this point right now in time, I feel like I want somebody beside me. And that person happens to be there. Apart from that, there is no appreciation. No comfort. There's no comfort. When you're married, there should be, it should be comforting. It should be comforting. Marriage, it should be comforting. You comfort each other. You comfort each other. Comfort. There's no comfort. There's no comfort. Amen. So, marriage without God is confusing and empty. Let me tell you, it's confusing and empty. You don't know if you're going or you're coming. A marriage without God, each person is doing their individual thing and saying that we are together. You are as together as oil is. Oil is like water. There's no togetherness. So we need to get God in the center of our marriage. When God is in the center of your marriage, you, you will listen. 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 A home without God is a home without peace and it's a home without purity. A home without God is a home without peace and a home without purity. When God is not in the home, any slackness, when I say slackness, it's a Jamaican term, any nastiness goes. When God is not in the home, any nastiness goes. They dress anywhere, they talk anywhere, they eat anywhere, they go anywhere. They go anywhere. But when God is in the marriage, you see, there's a certain sort of, no, there's a, there is a limit, there is a standard. When God is in the marriage, when God is in the home, there is a standard even by which you all dress. Right now, if you give any of my children 
some some sort of clothes, they will tell you, no, we can't wear that. Because they were trained that that is not acceptable. They were trained in the home, not in school. Not in school, not in church. They were trained in the home. They weren't trained in church that that is not acceptable. They were trained in the home. The first place your children should know God and see God at work is in the home. Are you here? The first place a child should see God and know God is in the home. It's in the home. Not in church. Not in church because not every church is a church. Some places they preach doctrines of devils. They preach doctrines of devils. They allow nastiness to, 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 to carry on in the church because people are paying big, big, big tithes. I don't care how much tithes you pay. I will preach the truth to you. I was speaking to a daughter of mine earlier this week. And I was so upset. Very, very upset. I was talking to her and I was very, very upset. And then after I calmed down, I called her back and I said, look, I have to apologize. I have to apologize. I don't want you to think that I am, a, I am, a, I am a some kind of person, but this thing there it upsets me. And she said to me, "Mother, that's why I call you because I know you will tell me the truth. You will talk to me like a real person." Yes, yes, yes. So God, it is very, very important that God, if God is not the center of your marriage, any problem will break you. If God is not the center of your marriage, after the honeymoon, you are now only existing. You are no longer enjoying that, 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 that. There is even no friendship or fellowship or whatever. So our month of focusing on the family. God bless you for listening. Amen. I now hand back over to our listeners. Amen. Pastor Abraham, if you are there, amen. Please. Or, or Papa, whoever is there, I want you to come to come in. So let us pray. Why is there coming? Let us pray. Say, Father, help me to do to do your will. Help me to carry out your will for my family. Help me, mighty God, to carry out your will for my family. Lift up your hands and I want you to pray. Say, my Father, my Lord, help me. Help me. Help me, mighty God. Help me to carry out your will. Your will, your will, your will in my family. Your will, your will. Lift up your hands and truly ask God to help you to do his will in your family. His will in your family. And if you're a woman and you find that you are you have gone away from God and the way you're behaving in the marriage... It, it is not good. You, you know it. You know it. It is not good. I want you to pray. Lift up your hands and pray and say, Lord, help me. Help me to be that Proverbs 31, that Proverbs 31 wife. Help me to be that Proverbs 31 wife. Father, help me. I need your help to be that wife. That wife that will go out, my God, and make sure that the family is running at its best. Make sure that the family is doing its best for you. It's best for you. It's best for you. Begin to pray for yourself. And if you're that husband who does not listen, you don't have God at your center. And you are not listening. You're not listening to godly advice. You too, you have to pray. You have to pray. And wives, pray for your husband. Husbands, pray for your wife. Whether or not you are married, pray. 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 That Father, hmm, let me tell you. Prayer is, the, prayer is the only thing that you can send into your future and it will be waiting there for you. You can try and put money down to say this is for my future or this is for my great-great-great-grandchildren. The fact is that your great-great-grandchildren might not get that money. But you can pray. You can pray for your great-great-grandchildren and that prayer will be waiting for them in the future. That prayer will be waiting for them in the future. Even as I stand here now, 
My eldest daughter, Ama, happy birthday to you. God bless you. You've turned 21. Amen. I've been praying for a husband for my child for the last what now since since I have since I have come into this knowledge. I've been praying for a husband for her. By the time she's ready to marry, no no one-eyed goat, no ambitionless goat, no godless goat will come and say, I want my daughter to marry. Because by the time I finish the interview, the first question on the interview, I can tell you. So you can go and study for the question. The question is, do you know God? The question, the first question I will ask if you want to marry my child is, do you know God? That's the question. Go and research and revise for it and come with your answer. You better come well. Come well. My son is three and I'm already praying for a wife for him. He doesn't need a wife now. No, in the future he will need a wife. So my prayer is going to wait for the appointed time. The only needs a wife, then my prayer will operate. My prayer will come into focus. My prayer will come into, into play. So prayer is a thing that you can, you can, you can bank. Prayer is a thing that you can send to your future to go and prepare your future. So if you're not married and you have your, even your children there that are not married, pray for them. Father, when the time comes for a husband, let it be my God. Let it be a husband that it is worthy, my God. A husband that is worthy. Let it be a, a Job 29 husband. Go and read Job 29. A Job 29 husband. If it's your, if it's your, if it's your, your son, Father, let my son find a, 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 a Proverbs 31 wife. Let my son find a Proverbs 31 wife. And then when you have a Job 29 husband, a Proverbs 31 wife, then you have a Psalm 112 family. Go and read Psalm 1 verse 12. That's the family that there you are looking for. Yes. So a Proverbs 31 wife. A Job 29 husband gives you a Psalm, Psalm 112, Psalm 112 family. A family of God, a family that fears God. A family that lives for God. Some of us, though, you run in and you're married too quickly. You, yes, you did. You didn't listen. You didn't listen. The body wants what the body wants. Your pleasure became a pressure. Your pre the pressure of pleasure pushed you into marriage and now you're in prison. Look at that. The pressure of pleasure. You just wanted to pleasure yourself. The pressure of the pleasure pushed you into marriage. Now that marriage has become a prison. Many of us are you're, you're in prison. The marriage is a prison. My marriage is a very blissful place. I was talking to my husband late, late last night. Yes, I was talking to him late, late last night. I was in the bathroom. He was in the bathroom with me. Of course. He, I was in the bathroom. And he was in the bathroom with me. And we were talking. Yes. We were talking. It was pleasing. It was satisfying. He's doing the work of God far away. Distance is not a barrier for God. It, it will not be a barrier for us. Amen. 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 So, get God in the center. As it says in Ecclesiastic, a three-chord prong is not easily broken. Ecclesiastic 4 verse 12, read it. A three-chord a three string is not easily broken. So get God. Listen to the messages again. Get God as your center. Get God as your center. Get God as your center and you will flourish. You will, your children will do exploits. Your children will do exploits. You will live long, loving, happy, 
fulfilling marriage, not empty and confusing. I want you to lift up your hands. God bless my marriage. Bless my union. Bless my union. Bless my union. God bless you. Continue to listen. Continue to like. Continue to share. Continue to listen. Continue to like. Continue to share. And continue to pray.